episode of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T, and of course, we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Remember, new episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. That's the video version. Audio version goes up half an hour earlier on your favorite podcasting platforms. Just got to search T Watches a Scary Movie, Twasm, or you can use my Linktree instead. My Linktree has links to everything you need to access my podcast. That includes links to the YouTube page, see the video, links to audio versions like Spotify and iTunes, link to my letterbox so you can see my written reviews because I do put up written reviews before the audio or the video version goes up. And of course, links to my social media, including my TikTok, where uh, we're having all the fun over there on TikTok now. So make sure to get subscribed to my link tree, subscribe to the YouTube page as well, subscribe to everything, folks, so you can stay up with what we're discussing. It's been a couple weeks. Uh, I had a big computer issue last week, folks, when it was time to record the show. I ended up having to reformat my entire computer, and unfortunately, it took me more than a few days to actually get everything back up and running. So I meant to share uh, my re uh, review of Renfield last week. I did have my written review out, but unfortunately, I wasn't able to get that recorded. So I still got that coming because I still wanted to put a review out there for y'all. So again, stay subscribed. You can get my uh, audio and video review of Renfield. I got 65 coming up. I got Children of the Corn coming up as well. And tonight's movie that we're talking, Evil Dead Rise, that's obviously going to be available for y'all as well too. So get subscribed so you can stay up to date on all of the new movies and TV shows that I'm going to be talking. Speaking of which, man, we have so much here to talk about in horror news today. First of all, we got a trailer for The Last Voyage of the Demeter. You guys might have heard of this story. This was going to be based on the few chapters, the section in Bram Stoker's Dracula about Dracula's journey from Romania or from Transylvania over to London to, Car uh, to Carfax Abbey. Now, the idea here is that in the book, we know that Dracula ravages the ship. He kills the crew. It's basically his way of surviving on the voyage from point A to point B. It's not given that much time in the movie, uh, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, the Francis Ford Coppola film. And in a lot of other adaptations, we don't get much of a focus on it then as well. And so um, our creator behind here, uh, Andre, Andre Obreval, who did The Autopsy of Jane Doe, fantastic film, also did Scary Stories in the Dark, is really, really good as well, too, uh, directs the film. And it's scripted by Zach Okowicz, who did Bullet Train, which was another very, very fun film. So the trailer looks dark. It looks grimy. It looks scary. We got Corey Hawkins in it from Straight Outta Compton and from uh, Kong Skull Island. And there seems to be, obviously, a very much European cast joining him here. This is not updated for modern audiences. This is still set back in the time frame when all of this was unfolding. And what's kind of amazing about it is that we're going to see a different side of Dracula than what we typically get in all these adaptations. You know, usually he's this aristocrat or he's talking very nicely. He's in a suit. Uh, he's seducing people. You know, these are all traits we expect with your typical Dracula film or Dracula appearance. But that's not what we're getting here. In this, it's almost thing-like, basically, to where Dracula's roaming the, strip, uh, roaming the ship, the crew's finding out that something's going on, people start going missing, and something is hunting them. It sounds amazing. The trailer looks fantastic. August can't get here soon enough because this film comes out one day before my birthday. It comes out on August 
11th. So I'm stoked to see this. You can go check that trailer out right now. Look at the last voyage of the Demeter. It was also announced recently that Mia Goth, our leading lady from Pearl, from X, and a string of other great films, has finally joined the MCU. She will be playing the female lead in the upcoming Blade adaptation starring Mahershala Ali as Blade. Now, we know this film got pushed back a bit because they wanted to revamp the script completely and fix things up from what the original story was presenting. We don't know what the status of that script is, if there's better reports on it, but with casting moving forward, because Mahershala Ali was the only one who was uh, announced for quite a while, um, with Mia Goff joining, we don't know who she's playing, but we have to imagine it's going to be a prominent role. Uh, these days, in 2023, you don't cast Mia Goff in something to where she's not going to be playing something big. And the thing is that obviously they can't be filming right now because Maxine is in the midst of filming. We announced that just the other week that Maxine had started filming at that point. So I have to imagine this is probably next up on her docket once she's done doing Maxine. So we'll see about that. But it's exciting because we know Mia Goff has been in a lot of really, really great horror adaptations out there. I say adaptations, but I should say original horror stories. She's been great in the horror films that we've had a chance to see her in. We want to see her in more. So this seems like a great progression. We're going to put her in a film that's out there for everybody. Because I know not everybody saw X, not everybody saw Pearl, not everybody uh, sees these kinds of movies, so this might be perfect. I know a lot of y'all didn't see Infinity Pool. So an MCU film opens it up for everybody. Blade is still horror, horror adjacent at the very least. So this is good. I'm excited to see what we're going to get out of this, all right? So, uh, oh, last thing. I was about to skip over it there, but I remembered what it was there. The last thing to discuss is that it was just announced that Lionsgate is currently preparing a television series adaptation of the Twilight series. Yes, y'all might have remembered that between 2008 and 2012, five films were released uh, based on the Twilight series that was done by Stephanie Meyer. And uh, those movies made more than $3 billion. So like them or hate them, they are, it's very much a successful franchise about this vampire that falls in love with this girl in, uh, is it Oregon? Is it Oregon? Portland? Somewhere. It's either Oregon or Portland, I believe. I, I watched them once, but it's, it, you know, it's been a while. But about this vampire who falls in love with this girl new to town and fighting for her affections with a werewolf and the werewolf clan that's in town as well, too. And there's evil vampires. There's a whole cabinet of them and they've been around for a while and there's politics and all these things. Not for me. I was not a fan of the films. I did watch them because it's hard to really shit on something that you haven't watched. And I know a lot of people put hard work into them. They're just not for me. And that's okay. But we're now getting a television adaptation, and it makes sense. We are at the point uh, in this world to where uh, if something's even 10 years old at this point, less than 10, we're going to start seeing new adaptations of it. And folks are looking for content. They are looking for a lot of content on their different platforms. We know there's a new Harry Potter adaptation coming to Max. Sounds so stupid. Sounds so stupid. Stick with HBO. But we know there's a new Harry Potter adaptation coming to Max. Wouldn't it surprise me if we hear about a Fifty Shades of Grey new adaptation coming? So of course, we gotta hit Twilight as well. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, that is being developed as we speak, folks. So that takes us to our main point of the night. We are going to be discussing Evil Dead Rise in movie reviews. But first, we're going to take a short break. So, don't go anywhere. Be right back with a review of Evil Dead Rise.
everybody looking for a great way to stay up to date on horror news as well as read the best of articles on anything scary out in the world right now then you need to head over to the fangoria shop and get yourself a subscription if you go to shop.fangoria.com axdw you can use my own personalized 20 percent discount to save 20 percent off on fangoria magazine subscriptions as well as 20 percent off any other items in their fantastic shop this is a great deal if you've ever been wanting to get yourself a subscription now is the time to do so head to shop.fangoria.com axdew welcome back welcome back welcome back folks appreciate you tuning in here to t watches a scary movie we are now here to discuss my review of evil dead rise folks this is the fifth theatrical entry in the Evil Dead franchise. And we are absolutely going to talk about that cheese grater scene and other Deadite madness. We're going to get there. But I wanted to take a look back first before we really dive into uh, the, uh, the meat of Evil Dead Rise. You know, this franchise has been around for 40 years, as I said. And we've received four films prior to this. We got a TV series. We have plenty of games, comics, books, uh, and crossovers. Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. We've had all of that in the last 40 years. But even with all of that, you would think that this franchise would be a little bit bigger than what it honestly is. I mean, I think you'd be hard pressed to find anybody who has seen one, two, three, or any four of the previous films to say that they didn't really care for them, that they didn't really like them. I mean, folks enjoy all these films, even the worst of this series, which is debatable on what that is. Because I think a lot of people really actually put Army of Darkness in that spot for like the worst film of the franchise because it does lead more into comedy than horror like the rest of them do. But I think it balances that better. Uh, weirdly enough, I am not the biggest fan of Evil Dead 2, Dead by Dawn. Which I know is sacrilege, because Evil Dead 2 is everybody's favorite in the series. Just too much into the comedy realm for me. I like the horror of the original Evil Dead. So getting a getting a, a remake, which is basically what Evil Dead 2 is, you could say it's a sequel. I know Sam Raimi says otherwise, but you could argue that it's a re, uh, that that it's a sequel. I I I can make that argument for sure. Um, but reboot sequel whatever you want to say everybody says that's the best one and even though i don't like it it's still a really good film you're going to be hard pressed to find somebody that doesn't enjoy these movies if they've seen them but we also need to acknowledge that these movies aren't set in the box office on fire uh the quality that they've maintained over the last 40 years again though you would think that there would be a bigger audience out there and that we would have more entries in this series than what we've had sam Raimi's kept his uh kept his hands over it as much as he possibly can you know he hasn't directed any uh, any of the entries for it since army of darkness at that point and he's always talked about wanting to come back and do another one with bruce campbell but that's not kind of what we're seeing here obviously you've seen the trailers at this point and if you're interested in this film you might have been following it along it's been about 10 years since we got fede alvarez's last entry which took us back to the woods but away from the adventures of ash williams and we got to instead follow Jane Levy's Mia instead. And I think there had always been the hope, regardless of what Sam Raimi has said, I think there's always been the hope that even if Bruce Campbell didn't decide to come back as Ash, that at the very least we could end up getting Jane Levy returning as Mia. 
because there's there's plenty of stories to tell for both of those characters honestly and you could do a sequel any kind of direction that you want to do and have more stories to tell i mean even the show ash versus the evil dead kind of showed us that these stories don't have to take place at that cabin they don't have to be in this cabin army of darkness showed us that it doesn't have to be at this cabin that again the necronomicon de mortis can wreak havoc anywhere that it's gonna be read at that point and lee cronin our writer and director here decides to take the same approach that alvarez did before him so we are getting a new story we are getting a new character but we're very much moving away from the cabin of old don't get me wrong there is a couple of cabins in this movie. One of them is more a theoretical cabin, but there are a couple of cabins in this film, but we're really moving away from that in Cronin's story. Um, with a significant life change approaching her, Beth, played by Lily Sullivan, travels to Los Angeles to seek the advice of her sister Ellie, played by Alyssa Sutherland. But unfortunately for Beth, Ellie, and Ellie's three kids, uh, the discovery of an ancient book in the basement of their high-rise apartment building could leave them all dead by dawn. Yeah, I had to, I had to throw that in there. Uh, but I will say, though, that this film uh, hilariously plays homage to that Dead by Dawn title, which I don't remember the story exactly. And y'all can all correct me in the comments uh, about what I'm getting wrong. But I swear to God that I think it was Sam Raimi himself who said he didn't know what Dead by Dawn meant. It's not something that, you know, that he meant to be a subtitle and it just got put there. So folks were always wondering, what does that mean? And uh, I mean, I think it's pretty simple. It's easy to understand that these stories like typically, I guess typically is not the right word for it, but they really play, take place over the course of one night. So the idea is that once the possession and everything starts, you're going to die in the next night, basically. And uh, Evil Dead Rise absolutely plays up to that as well, too. There's a hilarious scene paying homage to Dead by Dawn, for sure, that you'll know. You'll know when it comes up there. But it turns out that Evil Dead movies or Evil Dead stories are fairly simple to tell. And I don't mean that sarcastically. I don't mean that negatively. Uh, but that's honestly just the way it seems. Raimi's trilogy Focused, about, uh, focused on a lovable oaf of a man that ends up in a gorier series of unfortunate events due to he and his friends opening a book and playing an incantation. Ash was an 80s action star, basically, but he was put in a less of a high-profile film. So he's, he's the Terminator. He's Cobra. You know, he's, he's all these guys back in the 80s. But the thing is, the joke is that he's not in as big of a profile of a film like those guys, right? And, you know, when we saw uh, 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 his story just wasn't that interesting. Like, as much as we love Ash and even more so love Bruce Campbell, Ash's story didn't really get interesting until Ash versus the Evil Dead. It was always more focused around the, the people that are around him. And even more so than that, the Deadites and the Necronomicon. That lore is really what was like the focus of Ash's story. Mia's story in, uh, in 2013's Evil Dead was a bit different because that one actually followed along like Mia's strife and like the plights and the struggles that she's going to because she's dealing with addiction. You know, she's trying to fight this addiction. She's getting help from her family and her friends. And unfortunately, her entire world changes when at this cabin, they find a book, an incantation is recited and everything goes to hell. Um, and I bring that all around to basically say that it seems Evil Dead stories work the same way that the later Hellraiser uh, movies do. Like that anything after Hellraiser 4 was basically saying, look, here is a story about literally anything else 
and we're gonna sprinkle some uh, sprinkle some uh, some Cinnabites in there. And that kind of seems the case here for uh, uh, for Evil Dead stories as well. And I don't mean that negatively, but it really does seem like we're just saying, okay, here's a story about something. Sprinkle some Deadites in the Necronomicon in, in there, and that's okay. Still a strong story. Again, I don't mean that negatively negatively at all. Um, back to our characters though. Beth is a touring guitar technician. She's ha she has a tough exterior. Uh, she has a strained relationship with Ellie. She's uncomfortable around Ellie's kids and she can't figure out her next step. She's absolutely the right kind of protagonist for us to root for. And she gets a great chance to shine in a number of scenes throughout the films. Lily Sullivan is great in the role and Beth is a fitting addition to uh, the line of ki ass kickers we have in this franchise. I like Beth a lot, honestly, and I would not see, mind seeing Beth appear in another film. Uh, Elisa Sutherland, though, on the other hand, completely steals the show as the deadite-possessed Ellie. She is really the main pull of this film itself. She's delightfully cool. She's joyfully vicious. Ellie seems almost bright and bubbly and cute as she stabs and cuts her way through the people in her building. And it's fascinating to see things like her smile earlier in the film when she's still very normal. And then later on, when she's blood soaked, she's cut up, she's bloodied and bruised and seeing her do the same smile. It's like, oh my God, like the range there is amazing between this part of the film and this part of the film. It's terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, but she's a joy to watch throughout the movie. And I think the only actual downside is that we don't spend that much time with her before she turns, before she's possessed. That was a real big bummer for me. Now, Ellie's kids also play a big role in the story as well, too, uh, mainly to show that nobody is off limits. Evil Dead is not fucking around this time, y'all, and it's never shied away from being mean to people that open the book or the people that surround them. Uh, Rise does not let us forget that at all. Any of the previous instances to where somebody has been, uh, somebody's been around the Necronomicon and they've been attacked, they've had stuff going on, uh, it's never been great for them. It's never been great for their friends either. And, uh, yeah, oh man, Evil Dead Rise play, pays that off in spades. Those kids are not safe at all. I can't speak any more to that there because it's going to give a lot of spoilers. But I will say there's a lot of blood to be spilled. There's a lot of limbs to be lost. There's a lot of eyes to be gouged out. And some of those do involve those kids. And knowing everybody in the film was at risk had me far more concerned with their safety. I was way more invested because of that. Now, that's silly of me. That's pretty foolish because everybody does suffer in this movie. And in the first 10 minutes, somebody gets scalped in the first 10 minutes of the film. It's one of the gorier shots of the movie. And that's saying a lot because that cheese grater scene, we're getting back to that here, that cheese grater scene, the one that everybody's either dreading or uh, they're drooling over, which is very interesting. Obviously, you love gore. Um, but that scene could have actually stood to be worse than what it was. And don't get me wrong. It looked painful. It absolutely had to be painful. But I have to worry. I have to wonder if there's an unrated cut that we're going to get that's going to add way more blood and gore to this film. Because the film doesn't skimp on it. But you can't help the feel if we're comparing gore to like the previous entry that they eased up a bit from that movie. Um, I don't know. It's possible Cronin might have just toned the film down to be more friendly to like to the ratings board so he didn't have to recut it that much. But it does feel like there were some shots that might have been taken out of it, honestly. Uh, hilariously, though, 
Alamo Drafthouse, which is where I saw it, they played a trailer for Demons 2 beforehand, a movie about, uh, a movie I only saw about a year or so ago, and it's about demons that are running rampant in a high-rise apartment building, and the tenants must somehow escape. You could probably see some parallels between Demons 2 and Evil Dead Rise, though, I will say that I liked how Rise establishes that the building is condemned, so when we don't see a lot of other tenants, it honestly makes sense. It makes so much sense that we have a very small collection of characters that we're going to follow. And while the story does focus on the demonite Ellie, Beth, Ellie's kids, we do also see a few other tenants pop in and out throughout the story, and they're really there to validate the reality of the situation, that this is a shit show and that everybody is in danger at this point, and they're not just there to be cannon fodder, which is nice, which is super nice. I think overall, Evil Dead Rise delivers what I would expect from an Evil Dead film in this day and age, honestly. That may be predictable, but I'm okay with that. Honestly, my hats are off to you folks who really do love the 2013 film. I just can't fuck with that. Uh, I like the movie for sure, but that gore is ridiculous. Knives through tongues? Glass through the face? Like cutting your face off? Absolutely not. Evil Dead is a pick-your-poison kind of franchise. Everybody has a different film that they love the most, and I do feel that in time, Evil Dead Rise will end up having the same kind of fan base. Evil Dead Rise hits theaters everywhere April 21st, y'all. Go check it out. We got to get this movie to the moon. And that's going to do it for me tonight, folks. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode. Make sure you are subscribed to my channel so you can find out about all the new videos and TV shows that I'm going to be talking about for y'all. I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Stay scared. Everybody, I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.